1: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. 2020 has been a rough year. It's been especially tough for business leaders. Have you found yourself thinking that next year will be better? Have you put off being happy for when things finally settle down? If that's the case, you're gonna enjoy today's show. My guest is Becky Morrison. She argues that happiness is not for the future. It's for right now. As we enter into the holiday season, I'm excited to get her perspective on living a happier life. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started.
0: Welcome to Deep Leadership.
1: Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Becky Morrison. Becky is a UC Berkeley certified executive coach, consultant, connector, and author. She works with people to help them accelerate leadership, improve communication, and hone their people skills. More more importantly, Becky shows leaders how to live a happier life. Right now, I think we could all use a little more happiness. So I'm excited to have Becky on the show to hear how we can all be happier in our roles as leaders. So, Becky, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, John. I really appreciate the opportunity to sit and chat with you.
1: Well, this is going to be fun. Uh, In a year like 2020, I think we could uh, all use a little uh, uh, knowledge or wisdom on how to be uh, more happier in our lives and our careers. So I'm excited about this particular episode, especially in 2020 as we wrap up a crazy year.
0: Yeah, it has been a ride, hasn't it?
1: It sure has. So first of all, you know, when I was doing some research on you, uh, I found that you've had some significant career uh, changes before you found your passion to help people. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the world
0: of people and coaching people. Yeah, I mean, so the way that I describe it to people is I've had really kind of a winding path through a two-decade career Um, as a lawyer, then in law firms, in management, and then in entrepreneurial finance, finally landing in this place where I've discovered that what makes me tick is helping other people figure out what makes them tick. Mm. And that the people part has really been the constant thread, but it was not a straight path. It was not without challenge. And it really took me a while to get to the place where I spent the time truly getting in touch with what I needed to be happy. And that's what this journey has been for me all about. And what's at the heart of the work I do now is helping other people uh, walk that path.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I think probably we, we talked earlier is my career has moved, you know, I'm as an engineer and, you know, from a technical side of things and then moving into more leadership and more into realizing that really people make the difference. And, and if you motivate people correctly and if people have the right environment they're working in, they'll actually do more and you can actually create more, but it's a it comes right down to people. And uh, it's interesting that you and I came to the same conclusion in our careers.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think what's interesting to me, too, is as leaders, right, we think a lot about how to, how to motivate other people, how to tie into their purpose, their, their why, what drives them. Um, and at a certain point in leadership, when you don't have people above you, when you're kind of the top of the heap, you have to begin to do that for yourself, mm. and we often lose sight of that. And that's where I think our personal happiness can kind of falter is when we, when we are pouring into the buckets of our people, which is fun to do and you need to do, and it's part of what makes you a successful leader. But not remembering to do the same work for ourselves.
1: I agree with you, and and especially in a year like we've had, is a lot of pressure on leaders, and they, uh, you know, they internalize a lot of that pressure. And, um, you know, they're trying to make everybody else happy and keep, you know, keep their businesses running. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them personally. So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about a little bit. So, you know, what's the problem with happiness as leaders? Why do so many leaders struggle with enjoying their jobs and what what are they missing? What's 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 missing in that equation?
0: So, I mean, the answer (laughs) only a lawyer can give this answer, right? The answer is it depends. <laughs> right. And and let me explain a little bit more. So let me start kind of at the highest level, how I think about happiness. And um, the way I think about happiness is that the is two things. First, happiness is meant for right now. Happiness mm-hmm. is not meant to be saved for when, for when we get that title, for when we get to the next level, for when we can finally breathe, for when our profits are finally here. No, happiness is an everyday activity. Um, So that's, that's number one. Number two, the formula for happiness is really pretty simple. Do more of what matters and less of the rest. Hmm. But simple doesn't mean easy, right? And what I've found in my own life, and then through two decades of working with people, and now as a coach, is that there's sort of three gaps that people suffer from in trying to live that maximum happiness formula. And so... The first gap, uh, I call the authenticity gap. It's that they don't have two things. Either they don't have an awareness of what actually drives their happiness. We're stuck stuck on, for example, things that society tells us should make us happy. Mm. Or two, we aren't willing to claim what actually matters to our happiness. We aren't willing to say, hey, actually, I don't care about the house or the paycheck or the whatever. I care about this. Um, And that was sort of the the journey in my career to getting to the place where I was like, no, actually what I care about is helping people. I don't Mm. need to be a lawyer. I don't need to use my law degree in a traditional way. What I need to do is be in a role where I can really facilitate the success of others. But getting to that point and then being able to claim it in the face of other people's shoulds is a big step. Mm. So that's one piece. The next thing that I'll say is... (laughs) I talk about this gap as the third, but many people put it second because we're an action driven society. So we move right from knowing what we want to going to get it. Mm. And so that's where that's, this is the gap I call the physical energy gap. So it's where we aren't matching our expenditure of capacity. And by capacity, I mean time, energy and resources to what actually matters to us. We're just doing more and we're spending a bunch of energy on a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter to us. Um, so closing that physical energy gap is about shifting to focusing more of our energy on the things that are more important. It's hard to do. It means saying no. I mean, you've, I, it's yeah. funny. I just listened to another episode of yours. Um, wh- I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it was the the guy who talked about the 80 20 principle with the right. principle. Right. Yes. I mean, it's, it's exactly that, right. That, you can focus your energy and have much more impact on your happiness if you can really start to subtract the things that don't matter. But here's the middle gap. And the middle gap is the one that gets missed a lot. And I call it the emotional energy gap. Mm. It's have we taken the time to make sure that we have the beliefs and feelings, the mindset that's going to support are closing that physical energy gap and are claiming what we want to the world. So I call that kind of the bridge gap. And I think often it gets missed because we go right from, well, now I have this goal, I'm going to go make it happen. And we make it happen, but then very quickly we backslide. And Mm -hmm. the reason we backslide or one of the big reasons we backslide is we have, um, Past programming and patterning in our nervous system that wants to keep us safe and wants to keep us right where we've always been, because comfortable is safe mm. from a nervous system perspective, and growth is uncomfortable. Right. So working through kind of all of those pieces is how we begin to address. Um, that happiness gap. So that was a really long answer. And I'm not sure I fully answered your question, but that's how <laughs> I think, I think you about it.
1: I think you've thrown a lot of things out there that I think we need to, you know, some of it we could we can unpack a little bit. But one of the things you said I really liked is that, you know, happiness is an everyday event. And as a small business owner, my business is only five years old. And you can imagine um, the uh, challenges I've had in the past five years, but especially this 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 year, um with dealing with the um you know ever changing rules and regulations and uh and what have you and and concerns for my people and concerns for my business but you know for me at least uh you know i i do agree with that statement that happiness is an everyday event and you can be happy in, in the middle of terrible circumstances it's a bit of a mindset i think is is that what you mean by that as far as trying to find happiness in, a, in your current situation, regardless of what's happening around you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's part of what I mean by that. Right. And it is a mindset, right? It is believing that it is okay to be happy even when it's hard. Mm. Right. Yeah. That is a, that is a shift in belief for a lot of people. Right. It's, I, I can say that even for myself over the course of 2020, I mean, my business is even newer than yours. So I'm about two years into this activity and, um, the beginning of 2020 was a real like, well, now what, you know, I, I, <laughs> for, for, for what I do. <laughs> and then I've sort of just leaned into, well, let's answer that question. Let's figure out, well, now what? And I've been challenged this year. I, there have been things that have happened, but I've also been happy. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it's kind of hard to admit that sometimes. It's kind of hard to look at people and say, yeah, it's been a weird year and a lot of people are suffering, but I've also had happiness. Mm. Because we believe if bad things are going on, we're all supposed to feel bad about it. Right. And that's, it's just not that cut and dry in it or black and white, right? There's a lot of gray area and there's room for happiness even in the saddest moments. Mm. Um, and so that is a big part of what I mean um, when I talk about happiness now. I think the other part, though, is really getting clear on the drivers of your happiness. Mm. Where does your joy come from?
1: Mm. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, and this this is a really important point you made, which is we tend to say, uh, we'll be happy when, right? Mm-hmm. When I lose 10 pounds, when I get uh, yeah, my EBITDA up to 1 million, uh, when I grow to 35%. So we're goal oriented, right? We like to set goals as leaders. And we have to be You know, we have to push our organizations, we have to encourage organizations to get to that next level. Uh, But we can be happy before we get there, right? (laughs) We don't have to achieve just to have happiness, right? Is that, that's something that you were just pointing out, right?
0: I think that's 100% right. And in fact, if we aren't happy on the journey, we've missed an opportunity to be happy. Mm -hmm right? Mm. I mean, why would we want to spend the blood, sweat, and tears that it's going to take to achieve those things if we can't also enjoy the ride?
1: Mm. Yeah, so it's interesting, because I think leaders, you know, they have to, like, you know, we're trying to drive people, we're trying to, like, achieve this thing, and we have to look like we're, you know, uh, excited and motivated, and we got to get to this goal, and really kind of, you know, leading the organization in a certain direction. Um. But, why not be happy in the midst of it right? Why not you know i I tend to be a happy person, that generally an optimistic person and we have a stand up morning meeting with my company and we how's everybody doing this morning? It's a great day we're live you know we got got orders on the books let's let's get after it and it's just you know maybe we haven't achieved our top level goals that we're after so far for the year, but you know you can still be content and happy and and uh, have the right attitude every day kind of coming into the into the workplace versus you know hey we haven't we haven't achieved you guys need to you know bear down. down and you know yeah. and 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 it's almost um i don't know i just for me at least i i like to be part of an organization that that's a positive organization that's always striving to get better but you can also be content in in the in the midst of it
0: i think that's right and i mean let's talk about it on a base level nervous system perspective mm. so like let me reframe it from the company perspective to just a personal perspective right? If I say I will be happy when Mm. uh, I pay off all my debt, let's just use that as an example. But I don't celebrate each payment I make. Mm. I'm missing an opportunity to get my nervous system on board with a new reality,
1: Mm. right? I I have to give the
0: little rewards, the little celebrations along the way to the big milestone Mm. in order for me to continue that progress. That is a Absolutely fundamental recipe for continued progress that we miss out on all the time because Mm. we are goal oriented and we aren't celebrating the little wins. We aren't celebrating, you know, the fact that we made it through another day accident free or that we made it through, you know, and filled all our orders under our baseline or whatever the measure is, but like mm. daily basis, hourly basis, little wins, little celebrations, and it doesn't take much to celebrate. I'm not mm. talking about giving the people a gift card for every little milestone. I'm talking about recognizing, acknowledging, cheering, doing something silly, having some fun mm. as you achieve these steps along the way.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. I know it's something in early in my career I struggled with. I was always why should I be happy? We haven't got there yet. Let's keep moving. Um, whereas, and, and I actually had a very good employee and one of my managers tell me that one time he said, you know, <laughs> you don't stop and ever slow down to celebrate the, the the small wins along the way. And and it was kind of an aware I, did, I wasn't aware I was doing it. I was, I thought I was being a good leader, keeping pushing and pushing, but oh, and um, he was saying, you know, give us a little rest, <laughs> you know, let us celebrate how far we've come so far, you know?
0: Well, and that's exactly right. And you've said it a couple of times, like as leaders, we believe we have to be a certain way, right? Mm, like we have mm. to show up with this almost like leadership mask on. Right. And I think part of this also is leaning into we are people. So we should right. show up as people. We should show up as who we are. We should show up. If today is a hard day and I'm worried about not meeting the goal, the perfect world would be I would show up my, to my team and say, guys, this is where we are. I'm, I'm worried about it. What can we do? You know, and get them on board and be open to say, like, this matters to me. Does it matter to you? Um, I think, you know, there's a lot that comes from positive, happy motivation, but there's also a lot that comes from just being yourself, being authentic and bringing your true sort of needs and desires to your team for them to respond to.
1: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors is your boss a jerk i understand you're in the hospital but i'm gonna need you to come in today do they
0: lack any ability to actually lead people oh it's fine i'll, I'll just find somebody else that can do it okay john is offering a new service just for you for only ten dollars he will anonymously mail
1: a copy of his best-selling book i have the watch to your boss with a personal note go to i and enter the discount code boss at checkout It's what I drink every day. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffeeCompany.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. Talked about. I think I was reading something you wrote that said uh, authenticity is the new presence. And I'm a real big big guy on, you know, the, the power of your presence, right? You you what we do. What, it's less of what we say. It's more of what we do that people notice. And, and so we have to be present. And we have to be, you know, physically there, not just uh, just you know via email or via you know Zoom. So what do you mean by authenticity is the new presence?
0: well i mean sort of exactly what i just said right we have this archetype of leader what mm-hmm. a leader should look like right and the reality is that leaders that 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 is false right mm. leaders come in all shapes sizes forms and behaviors And the more we can free up people to be themselves as leaders, the leadership version of them, and bring their whole self to that leadership, and not have to leave part of it behind—you know, the part that's empathetic, or the part that cares, or the part that's vulnerable, or the part that struggles sometimes. You know, we've got to be able to bring our whole selves, and a lot because that two things happen when that when that happens. One, we give our team the permission to bring their whole selves, Mm -hmm. and which means we are getting the best of everyone Mm
1: -hmm.
0: if we allow their whole selves to show up. And two, um, it takes a lot of energy to wear a mask. It takes a lot of energy to remember to leave part of yourself behind. And so that's what I mean by authenticity is the new presence. And I work with a lot of leaders. One of the big sort of verticals or groups that I coach is emerging leaders. And Mm. often they come to me saying, uh, you know, I've just hit this new level. I'm now VP level or I'm in the C-suite and I'm looking around the table and I'm feeling like I'm not as good as Joe and Sally. And I want to be more like Joe and Sally. And without fail, uh, you know, two or three sessions in, they have a realization that I actually don't want to be like Joe and Sally. Mm. I just want to be a better leadership a fuller leadership version of myself. And that's when the real work begins.
1: I love that. Yeah. Bring your bring yourself, be who you are as mm-hmm. a leader. You know, you mm-hmm. can't be Joe or Sally, right? You got to be yourself. And someone someone in the company saw something in you and gave you the opportunity to move into that leadership role. So be that, be what they saw in you, which is your own personality. Don't try to be someone else. That's interesting you know i think we do read a lot of a lot of leadership books are are you know telling stories of great leaders and you know and a lot of people try to emulate well i'm going to be like this guy or 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 this lady or someone that they look up to but really it's it's finding your own voice your own leadership voice and uh and what makes you uh content or happy in in, in that role so you don't have to be like anybody else and i i like what you said earlier when you said claiming uh i think you said something like claiming what makes you happy or claiming what claiming is what
0: matters to you what matters yeah.
1: to you yeah i really like that because like you said your identity at one point was an attorney right mm-hmm. you, you that was your you were in the mindset of this is my uh this is my title this is my personality it's, it's your identity is wrapped around that title right and then when you realize you know i'm really having more joy working with people, but it's hard to let go of, well, but my identity is around being an attorney. So sometimes we have to say, you know, it's okay to let go of some other things and claim what really makes us uh, happy and what matters.
0: 100%. And that is a hard thing to do. Mm. Sounds super easy, but um, what, I mean, what people have to remember is that there are a billion layers of should coming at us. Every single day, right? We've got the shoulds from our family. We've got the shoulds from our friends. We've got the shoulds from our spouses. We've got the shoulds from social media. We've got the shoulds from marketing generally who, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the, all of the subtle shoulds of like, when you're successful, you'll drive this kind of car. You'll live in this kind of house. You'll have these kind of clothes. You'll wear these kind of shoes, all of that. And we have to really take a moment and redefine what success is for
1: us. Mm, I like this.
0: And it's hard to let go of those shoulds because they're insidious, Mm. right? I mean, even, and this is no criticism to parents. I've done it to my kids and my kids will do it to their kids, right? But we give our kids this baggage of what we think success should look like for them. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And it may or may not look like that. And they've got to find their path to just as we do to what is success for me? How do I measure was today a successful day? Mm was this week a successful week? Was this year a successful year? And it goes, it has to go beyond bottom line. It has Mm. to. It has Uh, to go beyond numerical goals. Um, mm. It has to be something richer, bigger, deeper, and broader than all of that.
1: I agree with that 100%. I had uh, Michael Murphy in my podcast, and we were talking about just personal finance side of Mm -hmm. things. And he talked about the shoulds, too, is that you're just bombarded with what you should have. And you know this is going to make you happy if you just have this car or this, you know, temporary bed or, you know, it's just yeah. bombarded with it. And you feel like, well, I guess I have to have that because it tells me, you know, the commercials tell me I have to have it or my or, you know, Joe Across the Street has it and he really likes it. I guess I got to figure out how to how to buy it. And it's the same thing with our you know, our activities and our actions, like, well, we got to do these things because it's going to make us, or because it's what, that's what leaders are supposed to do. That's what we should be doing. And, and, uh, and really it's about defining what, what makes you happy, what, 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 what's going to satisfy you at the moment. And and we talked with Michael Murphy, I talked about contentment. So part Mm -hmm. of it is a little bit about being content with, well, I don't have all that stuff, but I'm still happy. So maybe this is okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the most powerful activities I do with my clients, and it's going to sound silly, silly, maybe a little bit or simple, um, but is really to sit down I call it source joy, Mm. sit down and make a list of what brings you joy. Mm, Like like really make a list. And it's interesting what happens. Um, A lot of the things that we think would bring us joy don't working mm. hard doesn't bring almost anyone joy mm. working hard at something they care about maybe but mm. just generally working a lot not a source of joy for many people right? right right um and so it's like what is it what is it that drives joy it's connection it's um impact it's you know and and defining that so that you can look for ways to have it even when the world throws you a curveball right uh, so let's take this example of covid and i i I use an example when i talk about this of the person who is the world traveler who uses their nine to five to just finance their adventures Mm. well how do you think 2020 felt at the beginning for them like all of the upside of the year is gone and I'm left just with the downside,
1: mm.
0: just with the nine to five that I have to show up at and do that I was just justifying showing up and doing because I had these experiences. And so there's two solutions right, right off the bat. One would be to change the nine to five into something that gives you more value if it's not giving you value. The other is to really source joy. What is it about world travel that brought you joy? Mm. Is it the adventures? Is it the new faces? Is it the new places? Is it all the research that you did before you took the trip and you learned about this new culture and this new place? And then how can you bring that to 2020?
1: Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, that, I think that's uh, I think there's a lot of people like that. I know I've heard from, especially you guys that are sale, in the sales uh, community, they they miss that connection with people. Like I I miss just being around people and traveling and, and you know, and just having those experiences, those one-on-one, you know, having a coffee mm-hmm. or lunch, and then there, a lot of our sales guys, at least in my company, are they're struggling this year because they're missing, they're just missing the connection. So it's not so much about, you know, it, it, but that's what was bringing them joy. Not so much selling the products; they're still selling the products, you know, mm-hmm. via Zoom and what have you. But they miss the personal connection. So how do you, you know, how do you achieve that? In, in a 2020 year. So. In a
0: different way, yeah. And I think like that's just a great example, right? Because I bet if you had asked those people... 36 months ago, what do you like about sales? They might've said, I like the wins. I like the, you know, I like when I get the sale done. Well, it turns out that's actually not what's bringing them joy. And that's why this exercise is so powerful because it's so rare that we sit down and really try to distill it to its basic of what is it that, that, what is it about this thing that I'm doing that I'm really, that's really driving me, that's feeding me, that's energizing me, as opposed to just saying, I really like my job or I really like this team. Well, what is it about that team? Mm. What are the factors? What are the characteristics? Because that's important data. That's important information. That's powerful stuff that you can use to architect for the rest of your life, potentially a more joyful existence.
1: Mm, I like that. I like that. So talk a little bit about um, self-care. What do we need to do uh, as leaders to be more aware of where we're not being, you know, Content, satisfied, happy, uh, and then what do we need to do to stay on track? Because I imagine once you go through some uh, an exercise like this, you sort of establish, okay, this brings me joy. This is this is what I need to focus on. But you know, we all kind of get drawn away from the things that kind of center us. So, what what can leaders do to manage their self care in this matter?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of possible answers, but I think it starts with. Or a technique that I like to use, and, and somebody once told me, what's, what get, what gets measured gets corrected. Mm. So what I like to do is sit down at the end of the day and say, based on my measures of success, and for me, the measure of success is, was I happy today? Did I smile today? Did I laugh? Did I enjoy my day? That's one of the big measures. Um, I like to sit down at the end of the day and say, how was today? Mm. And if it wasn't what I needed, how can I do better tomorrow? How can I do more of tomorrow? But to start with, just to measure it, just to say, hey, this is where I'm at. Because what gets measured will get corrected because you're putting an eye towards it. Mm. Right? And when what you described and you use this hand gesture, like when we drift away from it, it's because we're not paying attention to it. We're not keeping our eyes on it. And where our focus is, is where progress happens. And so you've got to find a way to bring some focus back to that. So that's just a very high level answer to your question. Um, Mm. but I think, you know, self-care is self-care is soft. Self-care is hard. Self-care is sometimes seen as selfish. And as leaders, we don't like to, a lot of leaders don't like to be selfish, but it's not selfish. Mm taking care of yourself. I mean, it's the old like adage of put your own oxygen mask before on before assisting others, right? Like if you're not whole and healthy and happy, your team cannot be whole and healthy and happy. Um, and so really recognizing the role that self-care plays in productivity, the role that happiness plays in results, I think is a big driver too.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting. I had uh, a crazy week, um, it, at my house, in, in my part, in just where I live, um, I had three of my major appliances all break uh, in, in a matter of two days. I mean, break to the point where I can't yeah. fix it, so they're yeah. be replaced. Um, I came into work on Friday, and our offices—this is you know my own business. Uh, our, our we have a large ten thousand square foot office uh, area was completely filled with smoke because uh, we had a fan burn up in one of the uh, HVAC units. And I had a big meeting, a big Zoom call with investment bankers uh, at 10 o'clock. And I walk in and, you know, so I'm thinking in my mind, I'm frustrated with, with what's happened at home. And I come in and the, and the entire place is filled <laughs> with smoke. And we, we don't know where, where it's coming from. So there could be a fire. We don't really know. And I know I've got this 10 o'clock call and I've got to prepare for it. You know, it's funny because I I started to go down a negative path. Like, why me? Why now? Why is this all happening? And then, for whatever reason, I just smiled and I just said, "You know what? This, it's just part of the journey, and and it's okay. All this stuff will get fixed. I know I'll do well in this meeting. Why should I care about? Uh, why should I be worried? Or why should I change my attitude about the circumstances around me? Okay, it sucks, but this stuff will get fixed, and and, and it'll be fine. So, I, I think." you know, we can easily move down a negative path really quickly when things and circumstances come around our business. We didn't get the order we expected. We, we uh, you know, uh, somebody gets, some one of our great employees comes down with COVID and is going to take two weeks off. All these things, these circumstances have hit us. But we've got to sort of stay steady in despite the circumstances and the events that, that come around us. It's like, I, I wanted to be a positive impact to my employees that day when we we're in an, in an mm-hmm. office filled with smoke. I, I put a smile on my face and we'll find it. It's got to be around here somewhere. And, and it wasn't uh, Oh, well, it was me. And Oh, I got a 10 o'clock meeting. It's, it's okay. You know? And I wow. think that's a, that can be contagious, that kind of positive attitude. Mm-hmm.
0: It is absolutely contagious. And and the way I like to describe what you just, that shift that you just mentioned is it's a shift from what was me to what's next.
1: Mm, yeah. And
0: that is a super powerful shift because you can't change the fact that your compliance is broken. You can't change the fact that there's smoke everywhere and you have this meeting coming up and you can't change the importance of that meeting. So, okay, here we are. It's like this. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's some later analysis in certain circumstances to be done about the why, right? Because you want to, you know, thinking about it more in a business context, you want to plan for it, prepare for it differently. Fine. But in in the moment, what matters is not why. What matters is what's next.
1: Mm, I like that. What's next? I like it. So let's talk about what's next. So you have a new book coming out. It's great, perfect. So <laughs> You're welcome. You yes. Yeah. you have a new book coming out called "The Happiness Recipe." And so, tell us a little bit about the book, when it's going to be out, and what uh, what you work, what you do in, what you talk
0: about in the book. Sure. So, I mean, I, I actually the book is based on that long answer I gave you at the very beginning of this conversation, that formula for maximum happiness, and. And it really is an action guide to walk people through closing those three gaps, the authenticity gap, the emotional energy gap, and the physical energy gap. And it's designed to be something um, that empowers you to sort of self-coach your way to happiness. Mm. Uh, It's really action-based. It's very tactical, along with stories from my life and my clients. Um, but it's designed to be a resource that you can pick up and use the exercises in at any time when you're kind of confronting an issue or when something bubbles up. So uh, it's really about how to live a happier life starting today.
1: Starting today, regardless of the circumstances. Yep. (laughs) I like it. It's very great. So it's called the happiness recipe and that'll be out. You said spring next year. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So it should be March or April, 2021.
1: Okay, well, very good. Now, how can people find out more about you, your coaching programs, and this new book that's coming out?
0: So the best place to go is to my website, which is www.grantleycoaching.com. And there's a tab I've made for podcast listeners that has some special information on it. um, And you can get more information about everything there, including how to find me on social media.
1: Perfect well we'll put a link in uh, to that and your social media links uh, in the show notes so everybody can find it, especially those that are driving in their car right now they don 't have to write that down. That sounds so. good yeah <laughs> well, this has been great, uh, Becky. I appreciate you coming on the show and and bringing your your thoughts to to to, the, to listeners here because I know this year's been rough and this and, and you know circumstances can really bring us down and um, I think you 've given us a lot to think about with respect to being happy despite what may be happening is around, happening to us around uh, and, and around us. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you again for this opportunity to chat. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Becky. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie
0: quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?